The content of CPR Unplugged is designed for entertainment purposes only and is not intended as mental health treatment or medical or mental health advice. Details such as names and locations may have been changed to protect individual privacy. Hello and welcome to CPR Unplugged. I'm coming at you today with another co-hosted session with my lovely and talented colleague, Laura. Welcome. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me back, Jess. Absolutely. Anytime. I'm excited because today is a lived experience episode we're doing. Uh, So to give everyone a little bit of background on how we came to this episode, about a week ago, I'm having breakfast and sitting at my kitchen table and I started reading the introduction to a memoir. So I'm not even into the book yet, just the intro. And I started bawling my eyes out. And I remembered a conversation I had with Laura about a year ago when she was like, you know, I don't even feel like myself anymore. So I texted her and I said, oh my God, I know what you're talking about. I'm sitting here bawling into my waffles. I don't know what's going on. Um, So what we're talking about today, uh, I am in my early 30s and recently discovered that I am going through perimenopause. So Laura, you have been down this wonderful journey. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and it is a wonderful journey. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about when you first realized, like, what were some of the symptoms that you were first seeing? Well, boy, when I really think about the first signs, I got to be honest with you. I immediately went into something is wrong with me. I have a brain tumor because I was, I did something so bizarre, so completely out of character that all I could think about was I'm actually really sick. I have a brain tumor because what else would explain this? I don't think I would have ever considered menopause or perimenopause because to to do that, you have to be in a certain age bracket, or you have to, you know, in it, 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 it just, I guess we never know when it's coming and it's just always going to be too soon. So I had gone to a hair appointment, totally ordinary day, drove up, parked, walked in. And after my appointment, I started looking for my keys. So I'm usually in a pair of shorts with pockets and I'll dump my keys right in there. So I started patting myself, uh, couldn't find my keys. So then I started ransacking my backpack and no keys. And I start looking around the salon, no keys. And my friend, Amy, who is uh, the person that has done my hair for a long time says, you know, you probably just locked the keys in the car. Why don't you just go check? And I said, Oh no, there's just no way I did that because I've never done that before. So she said, well, just do me a favor, humor me, because they're not here and we've only been in this room. Let's just go outside and check your car. I said, all right, you're right. So we walk outside and what what I saw was so disturbing and scary. My car was running. The door was open. The Air conditioning, and yes, you may laugh, the air conditioning was blasting and the radio was on. So I simply parked the car, got out, and walked in. 
Wow. Why didn't I think to hang a sign on my door, that, the car door that also <laughs> said, take me, I'm a good free car. So I immediately got upset, mm-hmm. very upset. And Amy, I mean, she, she saw my face and she said, oh, Laura, she said, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I, like you reading a memoir, burst into tears. It's, I was so overwhelmed in the moment. And I said, Amy, I must have a brain tumor because who does that? What, how did something like this happen? And she, mm. she tried to get me to laugh. She laughed. I got in my car. I was mortified, completely freaked out, called my husband who began to laugh and said, Laura, I'm sure you were just really distracted, unusually distracted. He said, were you on your phone? I said, no. I just drove there and got out and that was that. So that was my first experience. And I didn't have any idea that this might be perimenopause, that it had anything to do with hormones or, you know, a, a, a certain stage of life or a phase I was entering. Yeah, you know, I just immediately shut it down to, I have a brain tumor. And then I didn't want to even think about it. And I literally put it out of my mind after that. Right. And it's so weird because we hear a lot about the physical symptoms. I've definitely woken up at night drenched in sweat, so hot I thought I was going to throw up. Yeah. Um, But no one ever really talks about the mental health side of it and how your thinking just goes off the rails. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was a kid throwing a tantrum one day and I, you know, it's almost like an out-of-body experience. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I have mostly women in my family. Um, we are prolific for having female babies. And I was surprised that we've never had these conversations. I have never right. heard any women in my family talking about this. Right. And, uh, you know, it's, my, mother, my mother passed away when she was 54. We didn't have those conversations she was diagnosed with esophageal cancer when she was 52. And so the kinds of conversations that we were having during those two years were not anything about this kind of thing. So I missed the discussions and I missed seeing some of that. Or if I was, if I was seeing symptoms maybe on my mom's part when, when she was in her 40s and very early 50s, I guess I missed it or I just attributed it to, uh, she's getting older and, you know, cranky or something. But I never asked her about that. And then my grandmother was way outside of it. And I didn't see anything to indicate, gosh, I should ask her about what's going on because she seems different. Mm-hmm. So I never had those conversations. And I never witnessed anything. And so I've just sort of been going down this really bizarro, uh, not very nice road alone, but alone to a point. Like it's my journey and mine is going to be different from yours. But my friends who are my age, we are all going through strange shifts and body temperature and emotions and we're talking about it. We're we're spending time 
talking about it, crying about it, laughing about it, but bonding over it, which is truly the key because it's depressing. It's frightening. It's anxiety provoking. Uh, and then some days it's not. And then you wake up in a pool of sweat and you want to vomit. <laughs> and you take a cold shower at two in the morning and then you're freezing. I, it, it's, 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 there's so much going on and it does impact your mental health because it's so much of it is scary because it doesn't feel good. Um, and then there's that component also about, am I old enough for this to be happen happening? Oh gosh, I am. And I, that doesn't feel so good either. Right. You know, and for me, it's a genetic. So I finally talked to my mom about this. What's going on? Have you had this experience? She goes, Oh yeah, I started perimenopause when I was 33. I had no idea this was a family lineage that I inherited. <laughs> Lucky you. Know? you. <laughs> I know. Right. <laughs> and then what was weird for me is there's this, um, sort of domino effect. You start to think of other things. Mm -hmm having kids hasn't even been in my radar. That's not even something, but then all of a sudden it's off the table and it was a loss. It was all of a sudden like, Oh my God, this is, I am beyond. And I'm early thirties here beyond being able to have children. Now it was just an odd sensation, just an odd feeling. And, but in some ways too, right. There's, there's two sides to every coin. In some ways it's also been very liberating. It's been sort of a, a means of stepping into the next stage mm -hmm. of my life um, and also coming very much closer to people around me, having these conversations, bonding in that way. Um, those shared experiences, that's just such a, a powerful way to bond with someone. You know, you just said something really interesting that takes me back when you said it's kind of like a double-edged sword. It's both um, difficult to, to have nature make a decision for you that, um, and it's also liberating. So I don't have kids and I made the choice not to have them a long time ago, but every year my gynecologist would say, Hey, Laura, are you sure you don't want to have kids? And I'd say, oh, I'm sure. And then I'd go back the next year. Are you sure? I'm sure. And then one year she said, Laura, I, I want you to tell me that you're absolutely certain because you have about a 2% chance of getting pregnant on your own because of where I was in my life. And she said, and then there's almost no chance that, that those pregnancies would be viable. And so if you want to have kids, you really can't without assistance. And then even at this point, assistance may not even be an option. And I felt so caught off guard. I felt so upset because I wanted control of that decision. Mm -hmm. I didn't want nature to take it away from me. It was very strange. But by the same token, when I regrouped and really thought about it, it just freed me up to, to be able to, to go on about my life and my business and not feel bad about not having kids. 
I didn't want them. I made those choices when I could have them. And then I got to a point where I wasn't able to choose any differently. But any moments of second thoughts or, you know, when I would see families doing something fun and have that moment where I think, oh, I'd love to shop for a little girl. It went away. It like went away. And I felt like, yes, I made all, these are the choices I made and I'm good and I'm good to go now. So yes, it's been liberating in that sense that there's no more moments of back and forth. Mm-hmm. So Well, and of course the obvious thing, not having a period has been great. <laughs> yes, but it's funny that you say that because two weeks ago I was hiking with my closest friend from high school in Payson and she's really struggling right now with hot flashes. Like everything is fine. She's, she went uh, into a grocery store and suddenly burst into flames. Like it just, it, and it comes from within. It's the most bizarre thing. It literally comes from within and somehow comes out your body and it, you just melt from head to toe and might've been a lot better. Um, minor, I seem to be on the, uh, maybe heading toward the other side of it and things are getting less frequent with me. They're still happen. They happen this morning, but it's less frequent, but she's, she's just like in a terrible battle with that. And, um, we were laughing because somebody had said in the store, you know, ma'am, are you okay? And she burst into tears. So she was crying and we were talking about it and how annoying this whole thing is. And we both agreed that having periods was actually better than going through menopause. We would take all of that back, you know, (laughs) and, and, during menstruation years, you know, how many times did you say, did you say to a friend, "Ugh, I can't wait till this is all behind me. I can't wait till I don't have to deal with this crap anymore. Guess what? I'd take that crap over this crap (laughs) any day. (laughs) Oh, there's truth to that for sure. Yeah. It's very different. So tell me a little bit about how, how you're feeling mental health wise about this. It's tricky stuff. It is. So I have a a history of some anxiety and it's, you know, it's really well managed. A lot of going into the mental health field, right? We learn a lot of things. We, we, we do what we preach a lot of the time. So I have a lot of good self-care things, good coping skills that I use. And I was surprised to find myself having panic attacks and feeling uh, just not confident and just some kind of random things, some much more mild than others, right? And I, so I researched it. I am a researcher. If something happens and I don't understand it or I feel freaked out about it, I want to get to the root. So I actually found some information, and this is just one of many of the different articles and things that I found, but this is from uh, Harvard Medical School's health publisher on women's health. And it states that um, depressive symptoms are twice as common in women who are experiencing perimenopause and menopause. Mm -hmm. Um, It's 
very common to see an increase in severity and almost like a relapse of mental health symptoms for women who are experiencing perimenopause and menopause. They did say it's uncommon for women who don't have any history to experience a severe uh, mental health disorder just because of the hormone fluctuation. So it's, right. if you've never had a major depressive disorder or generalized anxiety, it's not like you're all of a sudden going to be severely depressed um, right. and stuck in that space. Right. And I think that's the key is uh, stuck in the space. I, I, I ask my husband often, do I seem more upset than usual? Do I? And, and the answer sometimes is yes, but he's, he's also in mental health. And, um, but he has made sure to point out that I just seem a little bit off and it's short lived that I'm not appearing to be really in crisis. Um, But there is, there are moments of what I'll call anxiety uh, just because it's uh, on mind. It's more of like a, a worried, uh, you know, am I going to ever really get through this? Why can't this stop? Um, and some uh, depression, some, some symptoms. I, I feel sadder at times than I used to if something hits me as a sad situation or I'm, I'm witnessing something that's sad. It seems to hit a little bit harder. And the, the, my biggest change, I believe, is occasional anger. And I was never an angry person. That's not, that's not something anybody ever said, hey, Laura, check your anger. You seem really angry before all of this. But I have found myself needing to take a step back because I realize I'm having an, an anger reaction to something that is not monumental, that is not life-ending, that is not threatening. But yet in that moment, I'm like, oh, I'm on (laughs) fire. I guess the good news is that I can recognize it and step back for a sec and remember, okay, Laura, hormones are really powerful things. You don't even be, can't even begin to understand them. You just have to accept them, breathe, (laughs) practice Mm -hmm. your breathing, and this is going to be okay. And And it has been every time. It's these moments of discomfort though, emotionally and physically that, that throw you. Yes. I just think they throw you for a loop. And I think what you said, it does help to take a minute to check yourself and have that perspective of there is something causing this, right? I'm not crazy. I'm not losing my mind. Uh, There is a physiological component to these experiences uh, much like with anxiety, going back to the different case studies and um, research that I looked up, anxiety sometimes happens because of our natural response to physiological changes. So when you have a hot flash, when you feel sweaty and warm and your heart starts to race a little bit, you, that's a natural anxiety response. Mm-hmm. And so your brain reads what's going on with your body as, oh, anxiety. So it's easy to kind of in the moment get lost in that, but being able to say, oh, okay, yeah, this is anxiety and 
and this is a hot flash and, and I'm having a moment and right. that's okay. And it will pass and there is a reason for it. Correct. I agree. And uh, <laughs> it's interesting when you look back in history, women like you and me having strange episodes, having the, the, a crying spell, um, it, thinking I had a brain tumor moment, um, we would have been put in, uh, what did they call them? They weren't inst- called institutions then. They were- um, Like asylums? Asylums, yes. We would have been deemed mad, uh, mad women. And Histrionic. We uh-huh. Um, it, mentally ill, uh, quote, crazy. And we would have been literally- put away. That's what they did with women when they, there was little understanding and little knowledge about perimenopause and and menopause. We were put somewhere. We were embarrassing to families. We were uh, going crazy, losing our minds. And so it's just interesting. And thank goodness we don't live in that era where we can't even discuss it freely without humiliating somebody without looking bad. So I'm really grateful that we're, we're where we are, you know, so that we can <laughs> get support from each other. And some people yes. need professional intervention. I have not needed to take hormones to uh, do any of the hormone replacement therapies. I don't want to, uh, it's not something I've needed to consider, I think, um, and not something that I want to con- consider. I want to be able to just naturally go through this and react and respond the way I am naturally supposed to do that for me. Yes. And so at this point, you know, let's transition into, okay, what do I do to manage this? Um, or I don't like saying get through it because then it sounds right. like some gauntlet. Um, I think it's a gauntlet in my mind and I, <laughs> I'm still needing to get through it because I'm, I'm really over it. It's been a lot. I'm, I'm going to be 56. So this has like been 10-ish, gosh, probably even 12-ish years of uh, like, yeah, I'm pooped out. <laughs> I'm, I'm pooped out. But, but I hear you. <laughs> Did it at some point become your new normal or was it still just something that you were for there were some years where it was definitely a new normal because everything was just all the time but I will tell you um that now and for quite some time it's more moments it's this periodic like you said in the beginning when I told you, I, I don't even know who I am. I don't recognize myself. I don't feel like myself. It's not all the time anymore. It's, it's just moments. It's, uh, everything is getting better. So I do feel like I'm coming, uh, I'm, I'm toward the other side of it. And I think that that means I'm going to be much more consistent and, and feel level. And, and what I don't know is if, how I'm going to feel is the new me, or if I'll go back to feeling like the old me. I really don't know. I just know that I don't feel as physically crummy 
as I did for quite some time. If I could give you any advice as somebody that's just a little bit ahead of you on that road that, you know, you got to walk on, um, talk to people, talk to the women in your life that you can laugh with, cry with, freak out in front of, freak out with. In the end, it's just, it's the best therapy in my opinion. It's comforting. It's camaraderie. There's a safety in numbers, you know, like we got this, not I'm doing this all by myself, but we got this. And laughter will always be the best medicine for this. Even if it, you're not laughing in that moment, but you and I can laugh about our episodes about bursting into tears just in the intro about basically giving away a car. And I just got lucky that no one took it. Um, yeah, it was a great car. Nice car. Now I can laugh. I've talked about it. I've shared it. It's hilarious. And it's just, it's just part of the journey. It's just part and of that journey. I've learned to not disconnect my body either. So doing things like yoga and hiking and things like that definitely, definitely Absolutely. helps. And there's a, there's a sense of empowerment and strength in um, any kind of physical mu- movement, weight training, hiking, those types of things. It's almost as if you're maintaining that sense of ownership over, over some parts of your anatomy, even if other parts are doing their own thing. <laughs> Yes. And the other piece to that for me has been, I continue to exercise and push myself. And I like to try to out physically outdo the younger mountain climbers (laughs) because emotionally I, I don't feel, I don't know if I can explain this well, but I don't feel old enough to be in menopause. And I like that feeling that I've still got, I've still got endurance. I've still got uh, what I'll call, you know, youthful strength. And just because I'm doing this and it isn't kind of mostly an age related thing for you, it's age related in your family. It's been on the younger side. Um, I really can't speak to my family because I never had the conversations but I, I seem to get it, you know, begin it when I began it, but I'm not letting go of those things that make me feel youthful. Uh-huh. And like you said, that's the exercise, the movement, the challenging myself physically. I still want to crush 20 year olds when I <laughs> see them blasting up the mountain. It's, it just gives me that extra, uh, like okay. this will not get me. So I, I value the, the exercise piece of it, the, you know, and it's, we know the benefits from exercise, even if we aren't experiencing this, we know that it's good therapy. And if you're a creative person, oh my goodness, that the ability to tap into that depth of connection and emotion, um, has been amazing for me in my writing, things like that, just creative pursuits, I find that I'm able to express on a level that I was not before. So if that's something that resonates with you, utilize it, tap into that. Wow. I can't even imagine your writing 
going next level because I've read some of your writings. Um, remember when I got on, I was somehow on a, on a distribution list and something that you had written came to me and I, uh-huh. I told you I'd received it. It was so amazing. I'm like, this, this woman needs to be writing novels. Um, so I can't <laughs> imagine you. now you're so welcome, but I can't imagine what next level would be like for you as a writer. Cause you're so good at it. So, oh my gosh, I can't wait to read something that you write um, while you're cre- you know, while you feel like this creative push is happening because mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, One of these days. On your email list. <laughs> right? One of these days yeah. I'll get on here and do a shameless plug for my blog. <laughs> do it. Absolutely do it. Well, this was a wonderful conversation. I right. definitely I feel really a lot better. It. Yeah. Don't, do not worry. If I can take anything away from you, if I could just reach over and go, I'm taking away the worry because you aren't alone. Even if you are home alone in a moment just reach out, reach out to me, reach out to mom, reach out to a a girlfriend, somebody that you know, you can just say, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I'm experiencing right now. I can't, I can't believe what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Cry it out, laugh it out, freak out, do whatever you need to do. It's, it's a moment. Some of them are short. Some of them are long. Some of them become several tied into one weird string of them but they all pass. They pass. And I I know that you're like me in the sense that you will find that humor in it. You will, you will, when the time is right, you will start talking about it and cracking up before you get the story out. Almost definitely. (laughs) And that's the way to win. That's the way to kind of get through it gracefully and with the least impact on our mental health. Well, this is Jess and Laura coming to you from CPR Unplugged. You heard it here first, ladies. We are getting through it gracefully. We are. Amen, sister. Got questions or ideas for the podcast? Or perhaps you have your own story to share. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at crisisprepandrecovery.com or call 602-281-7795. You can also find us online at cprpodcast.podbean.com or wherever you prefer to find your podcasts. CPR Unplugged was produced by Crisis Preparation and Recovery, Inc. The intro and outro music was created by Rob Wilson. The CPR podcast team includes Tamara Lamontine, Ben Edwards, Laura Kaufman, Rob Wilson, and Michael Magarinos. Special thanks to Jason Spisak for technical support. 